Hello, hello. Hi, everyone. I'm super excited for you to join me today for another episode of Professional DNA. This is Tariqa Wheeler, your career and mindset strategist. And welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope you had a great week. I hope that you're ready for the week ahead. Hope everyone's doing okay as the world is opening up more and more uh, with the pandemic. You know, please be sure that you are keeping yourself safe and your family safe. Um, Just checking in on you. Just checking in on you. And we did a little bit of that check-in last week as well. If you're listening to Professional DNA week after week, Sunday after Sunday, last week we talked about professional DNA, just in general. I did a little check-in, you know, making sure that you understand your professional DNA and how to really leverage it, how to leverage it so that you can be your best and unique self and really achieve the success that you're looking for in your professional journey. So we dug in a little bit, did a couple of reminders just to make sure that everyone really understands, you know, what your professional DNA is. And if you missed it, go back and have a listen because it's really the foundation of everything that we talk about. You have everything inside of you to what? Be your best unique self. This week, we're going on to a a topic that I would say is a toughie. It's a little bit tough. And I want you to get your notebook. I want you to get your, your pen. I also want you to grab some tough skin because we are talking about accountability. Yep, that's it. We are talking about accountability. You know, who checks you? Who checks you? Do you check yourself? Do you have a circle around you that checks you? And when I say check you, I mean, who is checking in on you and making sure that you are staying committed to the things you said you were going to do, right? Who's holding you accountable? And I hope that it's yourself and that you've got a circle. So we're going to talk about the importance and the power of accountability today. Okay, and personal accountability is important as well as having an accountability circle. So that's what we're going in today. It's going to be a little rough and a little rocky ride. Again, get your pen, get your your notebook, whether you're using your phone. If you're listening to me in the car on a plane, hey, that's okay. Take some some mental notes because, you know, I don't want you writing while you're driving. But we're going in today because accountability is huge as professionals, as just human beings. We have to take responsibility for our actions and for our consequences, but ultimately what that looks like is accountability. And there's things that we can do, there's behaviors that we can put in place so that we can do better with our own personal accountability, as well as developing the right circle, right? The right accountability circle. So I'm ready. I hope that you are. Let's do it. Let's go in. Um, Let's be, we'll be right back. All right, here we go. Okay, guys, we are back. We're going in today on who checks you? Who checks you? Is it you? Is it someone around you? We want to dig into this importance of accountability, okay? The importance of accountability and the power of accountability. Because when you truly have a great sense of personal accountability and you have the right people around you who are helping to hold you accountable, it's extremely powerful. It really serves as like fuel to get to your goals quicker. The goals that you committed to early on, the vision that you've set forth for your career and for your professional journey, when you have a sense of personal accountability, we get there a little bit quicker. And, and we have the right people that are around us, we get there a little bit quicker. So we're, we're going in on accountability today. I want to share something with you. Um, Bob Proctor, he's a, a Canadian self-help author, 
Uh, he also is kind of seen as a, a philosopher, if you will. And, you know, interesting, I, I follow him. And, and one of the things that he recently uh, just talked about last week is he talked about mindfulness. And he said, you know, stay mindful of your thoughts and actions. They shape who we are and affect those around us. And I really found that to be profound, especially when we talk about the space of accountability, because we have to be mindful of our thoughts. And we'll talk about this a little later, but, you know, accountability is not just about the things that we do, but it's also about the way that we think, right? Another thing that um, Proctor says is that accountability is the glue that bonds commitment to results. Write that down because that that that's a little gem right here. And I want to say that one more time. Accountability is the glue that bonds commitment to results. You need to have that great sense of accountability so that you can ensure that you're securing, right? Talk about glue, right? It secures. You are securing to your commitment to results. Without that accountability, there's nothing that's sticking you to what you said you were going to do. You have to have that sense of accountability. And I would argue that it's not just personal accountability. It's also ensuring that you are around the right people. You have the right people speaking to you, encouraging you, empowering you. You have a good accountability circle. If we expect to achieve success and reach our goals, Guys, we have to have a strong sense uh, and practice accountability. We absolutely have to. Being committed means you are willing to do what it takes to get results, right? So as, as Proctor is talking about, you know, accountability being that glue that bonds commitment to results, first of all, we have to be committed. And being committed means you are willing to do what it takes to get results, no matter what, no matter what the challenge, no matter the task at hand, you are willing to do what it takes because you have a sense of accountability, right? To get it done. You must have, honestly, these two levels of accountability. And I, and I really believe that. I believe that you need the personal accountability and then you need that accountability circle. Both of those are so extremely important because sometimes life gets rough. Things may seem so overwhelming and so challenging as you're trying to stay committed to your goals that you need someone or, or people to lift you up, to empower you, right? And we're going to talk about that a little later in this segment on you know, what do you, what should you be looking for in accountability circles? What do you really need? Because let me tell you, everybody cannot speak life into you. Everyone cannot hold you accountable. There has to be some true characteristics that you look at to ensure that you invite and have the right people in your accountability circle, right? So when I say, you know, who's checking you, number one, it should be yourself, because you want to have that good sense of self-accountability. And then number two, it's going to be that accountability circle. I also refer to it like as a trust circle, right? Someone or people that are going to challenge you and hold you to doing what you said you were going to do, what you said you were committed to doing. So I want you to think about this. You know, I'm always asking you guys questions, right? And posing questions for you to kind of sit back and reflect. What if we actually stayed committed to our goals? What if we actually stayed committed to the goals that we put forth? What if we actually stayed committed to the vision 
that long-term vision that sometimes seems so out of reach because it takes time to get there. You know, I'll tell you from a, a career strategy perspective, my vision is 10 years out. It's 10 years out and I have operated at a four of those 10 years. So am I to the vision yet? Nope, but I am almost there. I'm about halfway there, which is exciting. I'm almost halfway there, but I'm four years in on this career strategy. And a lot of times the road can get tough and you could feel some ups and downs and you get tired. And yes, there's that sense of personal accountability. However, I also need an accountability circle. Who's going to make sure that I'm staying committed to doing and acting on the things that I said I was going to do, right? So again, what if we actually stay committed to our goals? What if we stay committed to the vision, consistently stayed committed to our goals and to the vision? Think about where we would be today, not just where we would be in our career, but where we would be in life. If we actually did the things we said we were going to do, if we took that amazing idea and put it into practice and actually making it happen. If we set forth and really, really stuck to um, a project that we said we were going to start, where would we be? Where would we be? Let's keep going on that because I really want you to think about it. What if you actually took that training or got the certification that you've been talking about for so long? Where would you be? Where would you be? What if you actually... Um, started to take an idea and turn it into a business? What if you'd done that the five years ago that you actually thought about it? Where would you be? Where would you be? What if you actually stayed focused on a goal like finishing your degree? And instead of going from a month here or there and a month here or there, you stayed focused and you stayed committed to your plan of getting it done in the next two years or three years or four years, whatever it was. But what if you stayed committed to it? What if? Where would you be? A lot of times we're put in a position of a what if, what could have happened, what should have happened. And the way that we can really help us not have those experiences where we're constantly saying what if, what could have, is accountability. That's the answer. It's accountability. So that's the missing piece, right? And so today we're going what? We're going all in on the importance and the power of, of accountability. Accountability can get you to the next level in your career. Accountability can help get you to the next levels in life, right? It's extremely powerful and it's important because also accountability goes to how people perceive you. If you're constantly not following through on the things that you said you were going to do, people begin not to trust you. They begin not to have confidence in you. And that's a challenge just in your personal life, but it's definitely a challenge in your career. If your team, your organization, your leadership cannot trust you, they cannot count on you because you don't have a good sense of accountability. Yeah, Tarika said she was going to do that, but you know we've been waiting on it for two months. That's starting to eat at, hmm. I don't really know, like if, if we can trust her, right? All because of an accountability issue within, within self. So we have to really think about that, really think about that. So what I want to dig into first is our personal accountability, okay? I want to spend some time digging into personal accountability. When we exercise personal accountability, we are taking full responsibility for our actions and our consequences, Okay, so I want you to write that down because I want you to understand what it really means to hold yourself accountable. 
when we exercise personal accountability, we are taking full responsibility for our own actions and consequences. And so let's dig into a couple of behaviors. We're going to go through a few, okay? We're going to go through a couple of behaviors that are right in alignment with accountability. I'm going to give you four. So if you're spacing out your notes on your paper, we're going in four today, okay? Four behaviors to help demonstrate personal accountability. And I'm telling you right now, you may say, okay, Tarika, you know, I, I do what I say I'm going to do. I mean, I get to it. I, I, I get to it eventually. Or sometimes, you know, my goals shift. But did your goals really shift or were you just not holding your accountability, holding yourself accountable? Did you really change your goal or did it just get too hard and you gave up? So accountability is really going to be kind of a tried and true test for you. And you have to sit back and think, was there really a shift or was I not holding myself accountable to something that I committed and said I was going to do? So let's talk about number one. First thing about personal accountability is understanding your role. Understanding your role. You've got to have a clear understanding, especially as you're working on projects and you're working within teams. When tasks come your way, you have to have a clear definition of what the task is, what's your responsibility, what's the deliverable, right? What's the task, what's your responsibility, and what's the deliverable that you must accomplish? It's easier to take ownership of something if you actually understand it fully right? And you have clarity. When the tasks are unclear, you know, a lot of times we don't ask for clarity. Whether if we're, we're fearful to ask, we maybe don't understand it so much that it's like, I don't even know what question to ask. But how can you be accountable? How can you ensure that you're going to be accountable to getting something done if you don't understand it and you don't understand your role within that particular task? Okay, so that's a big one. Number one, you have to make sure that clarity is top of mind for you and that you have a clear definition and understanding of what the task is or, you know, the ask is, what's your responsibility in it and what's the deliverable, okay? What's got to be accomplished so that you can really, really take understanding into action then into delivery. And then there's that personal sense of accountability because you get it, right? You connect with it. There's nothing worse than being held accountable for something or you are accountable for something and you don't understand it. That's a very, very challenging and difficult place to be in. All right, so that's number one, understand your role. All right, we're moving. So number two is all about time, managing your time wisely. Let me tell you something. When you can productively manage your time, and your projects or task, whatever it is you're working on, and and you'll, you'll complete the task on time. But you have to productively manage your time. A big piece in time management, especially when it comes to accountability, is procrastination. And procrastination is dangerous. It's dangerous. Procrastination it, it itself, it, it's actually a behavior. And so I would say, you know, you hear people say, oh, I'm a procrastinator. I don't believe that you're a procrastinator. I believe that you have procrastination behaviors, 
right? But that does not define you because just as you have a procrastination behavior or there are certain habits that you have formed around procrastination, you can put things in place to get rid of those bad habits and put new ones in place. You can change and well, you can improve and then ultimately change your behavior. So procrastination, let me be clear with you, it's an actual behavior and it's one that you can improve and ultimately eliminate. But you are not a procrastinator. It's a behavior that we need to change, okay? It's a behavior you need to change. Now, but what's the why? Why do people procrastinate? Why do we not jump in and take on the things when we know we need to get them done? Because again, right, we're talking about managing time wisely. Why do we wait to the last minute to get things done? Now, I will tell you, (laughs) sometimes I wait to get things done because I work better under pressure. So let me be clear. I'm not talking about the environment in which you know that you're going to perform better. I actually do certain things better under pressure, but I am actively planning and knowing that I am waiting a little bit longer to my deadline because I know what that's going to do with my performance. That's not procrastination. Okay. So I want to be clear about that. We are talking about where you are making a choice not to do something because you are triggered in a way that is not necessarily positive. So here's some things that can kind of trigger procrastination. Maybe the task is difficult. It's And just the thought of the task stresses you out. And so you need to step away. Maybe the task is boring, right? It's just not fulfilling. And you're like, I'll get to that later. I, I, I Oh my gosh, it's so boring. I don't want to work on that. I have to do this all the time. It's mundane, you know, every single week or every single month, I'll get to it. Maybe it's the fear of failure, right? Sometimes we don't like to tackle things and it's because we're we're fearful that we're just not going to get it right. And we're tired of looking at failure, you know, month after month, year after year, week after week. And so sometimes when we see these these asks and these tasks that that we have to do, we're fearful of the failure that we just miss the mark altogether, right? And we procrastinate and we go away from it and we don't get it done. Sometimes there's a disconnect. And this was a big one. This is a really big one. Um, And there's actually a lot of research and science behind this, but the disconnect can happen because you view your future self as being disconnected from your present self. Let Let me let you get that. The disconnect, a trigger that happens here is that you view your future self as being completely disconnected from your present self. So if we think about our doctor tells us to eat healthy, because if we change our eating habits, it's going to improve our overall health. But we can't even see the healthy person. We can't see the healthy future. I can't see the healthy Tarika. I'm stuck in the present Tarika. I hear what you're telling me. I hear the benefits of, you know, my change in behavior, but I can't even see it. And I think that happens a lot in our careers to where We set this vision, but we really can't see ourselves there. We can't take our mind to the future self because we're so stuck in our present. And when I I work with, you know, when I work with uh, with high achieving professionals, when I work with clients and we're, we're talking about that piece, everybody says I'm stuck. If I had to think of a word that we hear a lot as I'm stuck, you are not stuck. You lack strategy. You're not stuck. You lack strategy. You can't see your future self because you can't strategically think of a way to get there. And that's why I love to be able to work with professionals to get them to understand the importance of strategy. 
the importance of having a career strategy with very clear goals, very clear action plans and tactics to get you to the milestones, to get you to the vision. And you can't see yourself in that, your future self, until you can be strategic about how to get there. And so that, a lot of that comes with, you know, the space of procrastination. We just can't see it. There's this complete disconnect from our future self and our present self. But let's go back to this. And again, if we're talking about managing time wisely, we have to be cognizant of the things that serve as triggers and then put some things in place to help us with those triggers, right? So if the task is too difficult, let's think about the resources that we need to help us with that task. And let's do that early on so that we don't lose time, right? And we can still turn in an, an action or an ask or the deliverable, whatever it may be, we can still get it in on time, right? That's that sense of actual personal accountability. I know that this is difficult. I know it's going to take me more time. I don't quite understand it. Let me ensure I have the resources around me. I seek out the resources. I do some additional research so that I can have that sense of personal accountability to ensure that I get it done and I get it done on time. I'm not going to let my behavior, my procrastination behavior interfere with my accountability because I want to be personally accountable. If it's boring, guess what? If it's boring, knock it out. Knock it out, right? Or another tactic that you can use is do something that you really like first and then go to that mundane and boring task. Don't just procrastinate and not get it done. Don't let that procrastination behavior take over. Let's manage our time. Let's say, okay, for this part of the my week, I'm going to work on X. And for this part of my week, I'm going to work on Z. And Z might be boring, but I'm going to get excited and energized first and then feed off of that energy to start working on the thing that's kind of boring that I really don't want to do, but I've got to get it done. I have to get it done. That fear of failure is a big one. And I it's so hard to tackle fear. And, and we're not going to get into it in this episode, but we're going to do a whole episode on fear because we have to eliminate fear or we will not be able to progress or progress. And when we can eliminate fear or when we can leverage fear, when we can leverage fear, we can be in a better place, but we have to get to a place of not fearing failure. Actually, sometimes failure is a representation of progress as long as we're failing forward, right? And we're not staying in the same place and not going backwards. And then that disconnect is all about self, self-confidence self and self-esteem. Like you have to see the better version of you. You have to be able to see your future self, right? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? How can you be your best unique unique self? What does that look like, right? So we have to get that connection there. All right, so that's number one and number two. Number one and number two. Number one is understand your role. Two, manage your time wisely. And remember, you're not a procrastinator, but you might have some procrastination behaviors that we need to address. Number three, be outcome driven. You know, what is are we looking for in the end? When you're taking personal accountability, you're thinking, from beginning to end, hmm, okay, what is it that we're trying to get to, right? Whether you are accountable to yourself or to a team, it would be immensely helpful for you to be outcome driven. It is not just about the task at hand, but it's also about knowing the outcome that you're looking to get and developing a plan to get there. 
So being having that personal accountability, right? Being personal um, or accountable to yourself is also about planning. You have to plan and be intentful about that planning. Be intentional about that planning, right? So be outcome driven. What are we looking for on the other end of completion? And then how am I going to hold myself accountable to get there? Okay, I need a plan. But if I'm not driving towards the end in mind, then I'm, okay, I, I don't even know what I'm planning for, okay? So that's number three, be outcome driven. Where are we going? What's the plan? So I can have that sense of personal accountability that's driving me to what mark? We gotta have a mark. We gotta have a target. There has to be somewhere that we are going. And then when we get there, we can check complete. Be outcome driven. All right, number four, before we take a quick break and switch over to accountability circles is ownership. This is my big one. And you guys know, I like to leave the big ones at the, to the end. Like I, I do, because ownership is huge. I need for people to understand the importance of owning your space, owning your task, owning your role, owning what you're responsible for. Be mindful of what you own, right? You have to be mindful of what you own. If you own something, then own it from beginning to end. If it is your project, your team, your task, you need to own all the elements of it from beginning to end. Be mindful of time, right? Be mindful of time. And then you can really think about, okay, I have this amount of time. This is the task that I'm owning. How much time is it gonna take me to do A, how much time is it going to take me to do B? Whatever it may be, you have got to think through things that you own. Let me tell you, there's nothing more frustrating than assigning something to a team member and they don't own it. If I say that you are the lead on something, I need you to own it 360. I need you to lead it 360. It, it, you, I don't need you to only own 75% of it. Who's doing the other 25 when you are to own it? It is so important that we get that. When we talk about personal accountability, ownership is critical. It's critical. We have to take responsibility and oftentimes even learn from our, our mistakes. And I think where some people get challenged about owning something is, again, it goes back to that area of kind of fear of failure. They don't want to have a mistake. They don't They don't want to have a mishap. They would much rather just work with other people. But if something messes up, okay, well, it's not just me. Everybody was involved. But you have got to be willing to learn from your mistakes. And a part of that, a part of the way that we can learn from our mistakes and grow and get better is taking on ownership of a task, of a project, of a team. Okay. The other thing that what happens with an ownership, and this is something that's really critical, is that you have got to not only be an owner, but you also have to be a problem solver. So when challenges arise, you don't just retreat and run away. You step up and you assume the problem solver role, right? And let me tell you something, when you really know and learn how to own your task, own your projects, own your assignments. It is a game changer and is setting you up for leadership. So that is a big piece that I really need you to get. Okay. All right. So real quick, before we take a quick break, we talked about understanding your role, managing your time wisely, and being mindful of procrastination behaviors. 
becoming um, outcome driven. So be outcome driven. You're looking at the end and, and, and starting there and then building a plan. And then we talked about ownership. If it's yours, own it, right? No matter how challenging or difficult it may be, if it's yours, own it. If there's a mistake or an issue, that's okay. Own it. Own it. Be a problem solver. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about the other side of accountability. So we've talked about personal accountability. What are some behaviors and things that you can do in order to be um, accountable to self, right? Have that personal accountability. We're going to shift to accountability circles because we can't always do it by ourselves. And sometimes we need a circle around us, but we need the right circle. Okay, guys, we need the right circle. So let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back and dig into accountability circles. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back. We're back and we're talking about who's checking you. Who is checking you? The importance and the power, the importance and the power of accountability. So we went through personal accountability. And, you know, one thing I want to share with you, and I, I didn't go into this in the first segment, but for those of you who are, you know, managing teams, um, you are a, a manager, director of some sort, team lead. One thing I encourage you to um, research, and I'll, I'll include this in uh, the notes for sure, and talk a little bit about it as we're going into this week, is the RACI chart. Have you heard of the RACI chart? R A. C-I. Write that down, R-A-C-I. And regardless if you're not, if a manager or leader or not, it's really good um, kind of matrix of understanding to, to, to think through because utilizing um, a RACI chart can really be helpful when you are managing a team, when you're managing a project. So in RACI, uh, it really breaks down roles. It breaks down who's responsible, who's accountable, who is to be consulted, and who is to be informed, right? And so as you're working through projects, you can really assign in a matrix setting, kind of assign who is responsible overall, who is being held accountable, who is to be consulted, and who is really just to be informed. And so as we're talking about accountability in the RACI chart, the accountable person is the individual who is ultimately answerable for the activity or the decision. Right. So this includes if they can say the yes or the no. This includes they have the authority or they have like veto power to where you say it's not happening. In a project um, setting that uses RACI as a model, only one person can be accountable. There's one accountable person that can kind of be assigned that action. Right. And then the responsible person is a bit different. The responsible is the individual who actually completes the task. So I just, I put that out there to you. I'm going to put a little bit of something in our, um, in the notes on uh, the podcast for you on this, but I, I really think racy is something that can be extremely helpful because it, it helps identify roles. And when we're talking about accountability, if you are the person in that accountable space within a project, you have an incredible amount of power, but that means you have to have some really good personal accountability behaviors. And that's some of the ones that we talked about in that first segment. All right. All right. So let's jump. Let's jump to the other side of accountability. And I want to talk about accountability circle, right? We are responsible for things, task, right? But we can be accountable to people, 
You're, you're not accountable to a thing, right? You're, you're, you're accountable to people. Who are you accountable to? Outside of yourself, who holds you accountable? You have got to have someone in your immediate circle that can hold you accountable or people, right? We all, we all need someone or some people to be an accountability circle for us, okay? We all, honestly, we all want to get the most out of life, right? We all want to get the most out of life and our professional journeys as possible. But sometimes it can get a little bit rough when we feel like we're going at it alone. And so having an accountability circle can be critical. Again, when we talk about accountability, I want to and go back to this. Accountability is not just doing. It's not just about being accountable. But accountability is also a way of thinking. And so when you're building an accountability circle, you want to be sure that you have people in your circle that are thinking and exhibiting certain behaviors around you, towards you, for you to help hold you accountable. Accountability also is about how we think of relationships, right? And so again, we talked about, you know, you can be accountable to people, not to things. We're responsible for things. We're accountable to people. So we have to think about that relationship. What relationships do you have in place in your professional journey? With it, right? As as you're you're really trying to level up, you're trying to get to that next level in your career. Who do you have in the circle around you? Who's along the ride in your professional journey? What does that relationship look like? What does that relationship look like? I I would argue to say that accountability, to be honest with you, has a level of interdependence. And when I say interdependence, I mean we need other people in our circle to support our goals, to support our vision. And when I say support, I mean who are going to be in a position to help hold us accountable to being our very best, to being that best version of ourselves that we've set forth and said, I'm committed to doing X. My goal is A, B, and C. And you have a circle around you who's going to say, okay, I'm going to hold you to that. Okay, when you step out of you know the lane, of going towards success and you're in the lane of laziness, you're in the lane of having those procrastination behaviors, you're getting into the lane of saying, oh, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. I'm going to check you and I'm going to pull you back into that lane. But in order to do that, because it's a very personal space, you know, our professional journey is a personal space. Um, there's so many emotions that go along with that. And when you get in right into the, the the meat of it all, it can be a rough and rocky road depending on how your professional journey is going. And so when you are developing accountability circle, I really want to encourage you to think about the characteristics of who what those individuals need to have when you bring them into your circle. Having an, an accountability circle can help you. It can help you stay on track. It can help you improve productivity. It can help with your self-confidence and self-esteem. You know, even though self is at the root of those words, you, again, accountability is has a sense of interdependence around it. And you need that circle, but you need the right circle, right? So the question is who? Who should be in your accountability circle, right? And I don't want you to automatically think about 
people. Because the first thing we do was like, oh, this is my accountability partner. This is my person because she's, you know, we've known each other for years. We've worked together. She knows what I want to do. Like, oh my gosh, can you be my accountability partner? And you know nothing about this person. You know that y'all work together. You know that you've been on a couple projects together. You know that, you know, you've shared some goals with her. You know, he's told you where maybe he wants to go, but you don't know anything about the person. And in order to bring someone into your accountability circle, there are certain behaviors, characteristics about that person that you want to ensure that they have so that they can be an effective accountability circle member. Mind you, I, I, you keep hearing me say circle. I think accountability partners are helpful. Don't get me wrong. Um, I hear some people refer to them as their AP. I think accountability, accountability partners are super helpful. However, I would prefer a circle instead of just a partner. And I say that because sometimes you need different individuals for different situations. And if you have a diverse accountability circle, you're more likely to have a more well-rounded accountability that's coming around you, right? So you've got, we're going to work on your own personal accountability. You're at the center. You're the nucleus. You're right in the middle. But around you, you need to have a diverse set of accountability partners, which make up your accountability circle. You guys, you guys hear me on that? You're the nucleus of it all. There definitely has to be that sense of personal accountability. And you've got to practice personal accountability in the center at the nucleus of it all. But around you, you need accountability partners that make up your accountability circle. I would argue that you at least need three. Who are your three individuals that can be a part of your accountability circle? Here's the thing. A lot of times we think that they have to know each other. Y'all have to get together. Mm -mm -mm. My accountability partners in my accountability circle, most of them don't even know each other because you're holding me accountable in different areas of my career. You're holding me accountable in different areas of my life. That doesn't mean that you have to connect with one another. I, I, I've chosen and have invited you to be a part of this journey with me for a reason. But that doesn't mean we all have to kick it together either. <laughs> so I, I want you guys to recognize that, that I'm not talking about friendships and besties. I'm talking about individuals that can serve as a grounded member of your accountability circle. So let's talk about those characteristics of what that looks like. Okay. I want to give you five keys, five keys to an effective accountability circle member or an accountability partner that's a part of your circle, however you want to reference that. But I want you to write these down, okay? We're going to do five keys. The first key is trust. Trust is critical. When you're inviting someone into your accountability circle, you need to know that you can trust them. You need to know that you can share pieces of your professional journey, of your goals, of your vision, and that you can trust them to keep that in the relationship of accountability. So I really probably don't want to talk about some of the things in my professional journey when we're not talking about the professional journey. So if we're just out hanging out and, you know, we're having a good time. We're hanging out over the weekend, whatever it may be. I don't unless I bring it up, I probably may not want to talk about the professional journey piece. And that's why I say accountability partners don't necessarily have to be a friend. You don't have to have outside, um, you know, interactions or, you know, hanging out, things of that nature 
there are characteristics that you're looking for in that accountability partner, but that person doesn't necessarily have to be a personal uh, confidant or friend or, or a colleague that you hang out with. So the first thing is trust. Can you trust them with your vision? Can you trust them with your professional journey? Can you trust that what I share with you stays with you? Right? That sense of confidentiality. How making sure that you have a great sense of trust. How much can I trust you? Because again, your professional journey could get real deep real quick. And I need to make sure that the person that I'm bringing into this circle, I can trust them. So that's key number one. Key number two, positive reinforcement. Positive reinforcement is key. You have to have members of your circle that are going to reinforce your commitment, right? So whatever you said you were going to do, you're going to do it. And I'm going to give you positive reinforcement. Negative reinforcement is not helpful, right? This is not tough love situation. That's not what we're talking about. Positive reinforcement can be um, direct. It can be direct but it is coming from a place of being invested in your success, right? It is not coming from a place of, well, why aren't you doing what you said you were going to do? You said you were going to have this done next week. I, I knew you weren't going to, I knew you weren't going to do it. I knew you weren't. Are you sure? You sure you're not going to, you sure you're not going to get it done? How is that positive? That's not positive at all versus, you know what, Tarika? Okay. So you didn't get this done last week. Why? Why didn't you get it done last week? What, what was the barrier? What was the challenge that you did not get this done last week so that we can make sure that doesn't happen again so you can get to this next step? Okay, I know you can do it, but we can't, we can't fall back again, all right? So how, like, let's talk it through. How can I get you to that next step? That's positive reinforcement. We're not gonna dwell on what we didn't do, but we're going to give positive reinforcement so that it doesn't happen again so we can get to the next step. See the difference? So you need people in your accountability circle that are going to have a position of positivity in your journey. They're going to give positive reinforcement. Number three, non-judgment, non-judgmental. This one is huge. You need people who you can ensure are not going to judge you for the decisions that you make versus not. I want you to hold me accountable to what I said I was going to do. I don't need you to judge me for my decision that I'm being committed to. If a person cannot be non-judgmental, they do not need to be in your circle, right? These are your goals. This is your journey. Once you set the goal and say what you want to be committed to, I don't need you to be judgmental of the goal that I've set. That is my goal. And the moment you have a sense of judgment on my goal, I don't know that you can, you can actually, not that I, I don't know, you cannot be in my accountability circle because there's already going to be a bias that is established because you are not believing in the goal that I've set forth for myself. Okay, so that's number three. Number four is their mindset. You wanna make sure that you have people who have a growth mindset and not a fixed mindset in your accountability circle. And that goes to not just what they say out of their mouth to you, but how they operate and practice in their own lives. Are they constantly trying to look for opportunity and look for growth and expand? Or are they trying to always avoid challenges, do the status quo, and not think about getting to the next level? You want to ensure that you have like-minded people or like visionaries in your accountability circle. You can't have people who are not even practicing that in their own lives. Because how in the world are they going to be able to help you do it in yours? So you need people with a growth mindset in your accountability circle. Last one, 
And this one, because you guys know I like to leave the big one at the end. Last one, number five, is honesty. You need accountability members of your circle, right? You need partners that are in your circle that are going to be honest with you. They are going to give you the good, the bad, the ugly, and indifferent. They are going to be honest. If you are doing something that is completely left of what you said you were committed to doing, they're not just going to be like, oh, I don't want to say anything to her. I just said something to her last week. You know what? That's my, that is, that's my man. I, I he's going to do better next week. I'm, I'm not going to say anything to him. We're, we're good. We're good. We're good. We just, I'm just going to ignore it. No. That is not a good member of your circle. You need someone who's going to be honest with you. I need people in my accountability circle who say, hey, Tarika, let me tell you, honestly, you are not, you're not doing what you said you were going to do. You said that this was going to be weekly and you're doing it maybe once a month. Like, I, I mean, you're getting it done, but you said weekly versus once a month. Has the goal changed? If the goal has changed, okay, great. How can I help support the new goal? But I'm going against what you said. And if I'm honest, you're not doing what you said you were going to do. You need people in your circle who are willing to do that, who are willing to check you and be honest with you when you are getting off track from the goal, you're getting off track from the vision. So there may be other characteristics about accountability circles that um, you can think of, but those are my top five. You need someone who you can trust. You need someone who's going to give you positive reinforcement. You need those who are going to be non-judgmental. You need those who are going to have a growth mindset. And then lastly, and most importantly, you need members of your accountability circle that are going to be honest, that are going to be honest with you. Okay? So we've gone through personal accountability. We've talked about accountability circles. You add the two of those things together and they are incredibly powerful. They are incredibly powerful. They literally serve as like this catapult to success to get you to your goals, to get you to your vision, because not only are you practicing good um, accountability behaviors, but now you've got a team. You have an accountability circle around you who is reinforcing that. You're going to get to where you want to go and you're probably going to get there faster than what you thought. You're probably going to get there faster than what you thought. So I'm ready to wrap this up. I hope you took good notes, but let's take a really, really quick break and then we'll come back. We'll review before we go into next week. All right. We'll be right back. All right. I hope that this was helpful. Hey, I know talking about accountability can be tough sometimes, especially because it hits home so hard because we are talking about staying committed to the things we said we're going to do. And a lot of times it's a self-reflection or it's like looking in the mirror, if you will. And it's like, oh my goodness, I said I was going to do it and I did it. But that's why personal accountability is so important because we can really shift our behaviors and shift our thinking so that we can really hold ourselves personally accountable so we can actually get to our goals. We can actually achieve success because we're going to stay committed to what we said we were going to do. So if we review a little bit for personal accountability, we talked about a few behaviors. Number one, understanding your role. 
having a real clear understanding about what the ask is, what the task is, the timing of it, the deliverable, so that you can really go into it with a clear mind of understanding of what the ask is of you. Managing your time wisely is number two, super critical to do. And we gotta be um, mindful about that behavior of procrastination, understanding the triggers, and then how are we going to combat the triggers so that we can actually do things in a timely manner. That's a lot about being accountable, holding yourself accountable to getting things done, but also holding yourself accountable to getting things done on time. Number three was about being outcome driven. And that's all about planning. You want to really work on your personal accountability and ensuring that you're doing so. Let's make sure that you are thinking about the end goal. What's the outcome? And then what's the plan to get there? It's a great way to really shift into being more personal, being more personally accountable. And then the last one, the big one is ownership. Own, own, own it. If you own it, then own it. If it's yours, then own it. And that means the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when things get rough, when things are challenging, then you don't retreat, but you then become a problem solver, right? That's what we do when we own. We own it from beginning to middle to end. And when things get rocky, we become a problem solver to really think about how do we get things back on track, okay? That's a great sense of accountability, Then, so personal accountability plus our accountability circle. That is critical as well. Who are you accountable to? And it's not just having one person or, you know, just one accountability partner, but having a circle. And my recommendation is at least three people. They don't even have to know each other. They don't have to talk to each other, but through at least three people in your accountability circle who are going to help you stay committed to the things that you said you were going to do. Now, five keys. What are the five key kind of traits, five key things that we're looking for, for an effective member of your accountability circle? We're looking that you can trust them. We're looking for positive reinforcement. We're looking that they are non-judgmental, that they have a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. And most importantly, that they're honest with you that they're honest with you. Hey guys, accountability is, again, it's a tough subject, but it's something that we have to do. And if we want to continue to grow as professionals, we want to get to the next level in our career, we absolutely have to be mindful of accountability. It is super important and it packs so much power when we have a great sense of accountability around us and when we ourselves can really work on our own personal accountability. So that is all that I have for you today. Um, Thank you so much for joining Professional DNA. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at professional underscore DNA. I'd love to talk with you if you're ready to get to the next level in your career. I'd love to work with you. If you're interested in learning how you can get to the next level, how you can rapidly ascend in your career, I want you to click the link in our Instagram bio and schedule a free discovery call with me. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to explore the possibilities for where you can be. What does that better version of you look like? What does your future self look like? And how can we work together to get you there? All right. So you know what I say every single week. You have everything inside of you to be your best unique self. And that's what your professional DNA. Have an amazing week, everyone. Talk to you later. Bye bye.